Thanks to Bombfell for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Bombfell is an online personal styling service for men that helps find the right clothes for you. Get $25 off your first purchase at bombfell.com slash fool. That's B-O-M-B-F-E-L-L dot com slash fool. It's Thursday, August 3rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Bill Mann. Back from South Africa. Hello, my brother. How are you? I'm well. Been back for a little bit. I'm no longer jet lagged. That's that's good. South Africa, not on the way. (laughs) Not from here. Not from. There's no place that it's on the way to. What is the time difference from? Oh, it's six hours. So it's 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 not brutal. It's just the up and down part. You are on a plane. Like you have to, you have to like file papers to get off the plane. You know, like it's like a relationship that's ending. There's, you got to divide up the stuff equitably. It's a long way away. Beautiful country. Worth the trip, though. Oh gosh, yeah. Like the moment I got back, where you know, had I any you know money at this point, I would try and go back. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Fantastic. We'll talk a little bit about that because right, I do want to talk about that. But we're gonna enough about me. We're gonna get into pharmaceuticals. Uh, we got to start though with Tesla. We're gonna get into talking about talking about pharmaceuticals. We're not, as far as you know, going to be ingesting pharmaceuticals. But it's an audio podcast, so you you're not gonna know for certain. Uh, let's start with Tesla though. Second quarter profits higher than expected. The stock is up about seven percent this morning. Where do you want to start with this? Because um, eventually, I want to talk about the the conference call and Elon Musk and some of the comments he made. But um, this, I think, for anyone who's watching Tesla and is thinking, uh, okay, how are they doing on production? They they at least seem to be moving in the right direction. So I think I need to give my standard disclaimer about Tesla: is that one, I'm an owner of the car and think that it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So I love what they're doing. Two, as a stock analyst, I doubt that there's a company that I have ever been so consistently wrong about as Tesla. So whatever it is that I'm saying, if you want to play the opposite game, I will not take it personally at all. Like I just, you know, like at some point you just have to say, that guy, it's not even that he doesn't know what he's talking about, is that he knows what he's talking about, but what he's talking about is the exact wrong thing. Okay, duly noted. Thank you. I, I'm I'm a little concerned about a lot of things from the Tesla earnings report. I mean, for example, they're the deposits that they have on the X and the S, which are five thousand dollar deposits versus the one thousand four for the uh, the Model Three, were down more than sixty percent. Now, some of that obviously is the clearing of the backlog. You know, so when you obviously when you deliver a car. That's minus one, in you know, in in terms of deposits. But for a growth company, having having those products, which are not you know, which are still very very important products for them, to have those numbers be that much lower, it's kind of concerning to me. Particularly since on uh, you know, when you look at the Model Three, which is not in production yet, there was there was plenty of growth there, but those deposits are a thousand dollars a piece. Right. So, in total, in total, they went from six hundred and sixty million, six hundred and sixty million, in customer deposits to a little over six hundred million, and that's cash that they use. It's float. Um, so, yes, there are lots of things to like about the the Tesla earnings report, but it is very clear to me that they 
are going to need to sell equity sometime soon. So maybe it's absolutely fabulous that the stock is up because you know when you sell equity, you would like it to be high. Well, you just went to my first question, which is, they've got this float, yep. but they clearly need to raise money. And one of the things Elon Musk said on the call was, "No, we're not going to we're not going to do another equity raise," which suggests that maybe they're going to, you know, well, do yeah. a bond or something like that. But yeah. I think that, as you said, that is one of the concerns where it's like, okay, we've we've done the math. You guys need more money, and they know that. They know it well. So they they've increased their credit lines substantially, um, which you know it it gives them the cash cushion that they need. But as we're going to learn when we talk about Teva in a few minutes, um, debt has a you know debt has a real risk to it, and. Um, so yeah, I think I think long term the thing that you need to realize is that equity is generally speaking, especially when you you know, feel like you can sell your stock at a pretty high price, cheaper than debt. Equities equity is the thing to you know if you need cash, and I just don't see how they don't need substantial amounts of cash based on what their you know what their assumptions are for how they'll grow and you know for the actual cash dynamics of their business right now. So there are other companies over the last 25 year, years that have left investors very experienced investors scratching their heads in yeah. terms of the, the the valuation. Amazon is certainly one of them. Yeah. Um, in the case though of Tesla I think part of what is head scratching, for lack of a better term, is Elon Musk. Unlike, by the way, Jeff Bezos, just to keep that analogy going, Elon Musk uh, does not appear to be someone who believes in the old motto of uh, "under promise and over deliver." Right. <laughs> he, he is very, very direct about the promises that uh, he's making in terms of the production targets they're going to hit. Yeah. Whether it's we're going to hit five hundred thousand. Vehicles in a year, and uh, most recently on this call, it's ten thousand vehicles a week yeah. by the end of twenty eighteen. And at some point, at at some point, doesn't that have to come back to haunt he him if he tended, doesn't hit it? No, because he's tended not to hit them all along. He's tended, you know. So the Model Three, which I think, if you wanted to be excited about something, the reviews that are coming out on the Model Three in terms of the usability of the car. Are absolutely fabulous. I mean, they're fantastic. They are to me the success of the Model Three. And now I'm completely ignoring the question you actually asked me. I'll circle back around to it. So, so they have been able to gin enough excitement up by really, really, really delivering on the products themselves. The products tend to even you know even when they're hyped up, they tend to over deliver. That. I think people just keep giving them the ramp that they need to get there. So even though he says, and I think those, I think that those, um, those very public, very audacious targets, he's setting because he wants to keep pressure on his people, right? I, you know, I, I, I really think that's that's what it's about. So I hope that there aren't too many investors out there at this point who are saying, well, he has said X, so therefore, if he doesn't say X, he has failed. Because I think I think he goes out there and pretends that the audacious is the is the expectation. Let's move on to Teva Pharmaceuticals, which is the generic drug maker, which is having a really bad day. Having a really bad year. It's down fifty five percent from its peak. 
But down 20% today. Some of that has happened today, yes. Second quarter profits came in low, overall sales were light, they lowered guidance, and they cut their dividend by 75%. That sounds bad. Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how was the play? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, we were just talking about the danger of debt. And here's what's happened. So, the pharmaceutical industry is one of the greatest industries in terms of economics. Like, you you produce something that costs very, very little, and you get to sell it for a lot. Right. But one of the one one of the issues in the pharmaceutical industry is that everybody knows this. Everybody understands the economics. So it is somewhat rare when you get for a mature business that type of great economic surprise. But the other thing that happens in the pharmaceutical industry is because those cash flows tend to be so um, predictable, they can take out a lot of debt if they want to. It's an okay thing to take out to take out debt if you generate a lot of cash and that cash is predictable. But if it's not predictable, you'd better hope that you know that you can cover your debt. And the big issue with Teva, Teva's now uh, I can do the math backwards. You know, somewhere about thirty billion dollars in market cap, and all told, between their revolvers and everything else, they have about thirty-four billion in debt, which they have to service. And so, when you read off the litany of things, lower earnings, lower yields, lower cash flows, and Amerisource Bergen came out this morning and said across the board. Generics in the United States are priced, you know, are pricing about seven percent lower than the same point last year. That is all that that hits them directly in the cash line. And so Teva is now a company that's pretty severely, I would say, uh, pretty severely in stress financially. In terms of the dividend cut, is that if it's not the biggest financial red flag? A company can wave. Is it certainly in the top three? It kind of depends. It's a great question. It, it depends on how a company treats a dividend. Now, now, Teva has treated their dividend as being somewhat statutory, by which I mean the dividend is very important to us, and we would like to pay the same amount or increase it. So when they cut it, that is as much of a flag as you can get that they have a more important need for the cash. A lot of companies don't have statutory dividends. They say, we're going to try and pay out what we can. And so then you know one year it's going to be this or one quarter it's going to be that. It's you know that it's going to move around a little bit. But for companies with statutory issues, the explanation for why they would cut it had better be we need that cash because we're about to do something awesome. Right? Because otherwise it's it's a sign of stress. When you look at shares of Teva, which are now at a, as of today, they are at a 13-year low. Yeah, you got to go back to 2004 to find the stock this cheap. Yeah, uh, and for, an incredible for, yeah for anyone who's looking at it and saying, "Oh my gosh, it's down 55 percent for the year. This is on sale. I should snap it up." Maybe, maybe, but what you need to understand is that Teva's debt is rated triple B. Which mean it, you know, it's like the old, it, it, it's like the old Bugs Bunny where you know the, that joke. Watch that next step. You know, yeah. it's a Lulu. Like the step between you know from triple B down means that they will no longer be investment grade, and that is a big problem for a company with that much debt. So, I think if you want to, if you want to take a flyer on Teva at this point, it's crazy to say that for a company that's actually you know an enterprise value of sixty-five billion dollars. You've got to think at it, about it like you are a credit analyst and not not a stock analyst, and you know that's a very different set of skills for a lot of people. 
Before we get to our next story, I want to say thanks to Bombfell for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Bombfell is an online personal styling service for men that helps find the right clothes for you. I've used Bombfell and I love how easy it is because I don't know about you, but uh, I would rather go to the dentist than go clothes shopping. Just about. And I. Don't. You love the dentist. Though. I know. Let's be honest. I, I don't particularly like going to the dentist, <laughs> but uh, but but they make it really easy. Look, I've heard that you love going to the dentist. Not, it's okay. No, not even is. remotely. Here's yes. how it works. You go to bombfell.com/fool. You fill out a simple questionnaire, and you're matched with a dedicated personal stylist who handpicks every piece. They email you a few selections, and then you've got 48 hours to make any changes, or you can just cancel it all together. You're in complete control. And the clothing is shipped right to your door, so you don't have to spend hours shopping at the store. Which, again, for me, that's painful. No, that sounds awesome to me. I am in desperate need uh, of this. Yes. Oh yeah, because if it means I don't have to go desperate. clothes shopping for myself, yeah, I'm, but I'm bad at it. I'm all. <laughs> that, that's the other thing. It's not just that it's one of those. Look, there are things. There are things. There are things. One way to think about life is energy. There are things that we do that give us energy. There are things that we do that drain our energy. And this is one of the most energy draining things I can engage in. And then you come home, and you're like, God, I gotta lie down. It, it didn't fit. <laughs> yeah, and and it, it doesn't even good. look that good. It, That's why I like Bombfell. Fantastic. You pay for the clothes you keep, you send back the rest at no charge. And we've got a special offer for our dozens of listeners: twenty five dollars off your first purchase. Go to bombfell.com slash fool. That's bombfell.com slash fool. B O M B F E L L dot com. Slash fool, and you get $25 off your first purchase. Uh, this weekend on Motley Fool Money, quick housekeeping announcement we're going to have Paul Leinert, uh, longtime auto industry reporter from Reuters, going to be talking about, I'm sure I'll be talking to him about Tesla, but also uh, US auto sales and more. Yeah, I would listen to him about Tesla. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, well, good. he's, and, he's great. He's the, really great. And the yeah. thing, I was telling our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, about this. Uh, the thing about Paul Leinert, phenomenal voice. Maybe maybe the greatest voice of any people are like who's the, who's your favorite person you've interviewed? I don't really have like one favorite person I've ever interviewed for Motley Fool Money, but in terms of superlatives, it's like oh I know who has the best voice. Can you do his voice? I can't, I can't. But it it sounds. Like, give, give me a shot. His voice. Here's here's how I'll describe Paul Leiner's voice. It's like bourbon and molasses had a baby, <laughs> and that baby's voice is Paul Leiner's. Um, and my voice was once described as saltwater taffy and sandpaper. <laughs> wow, that is harsh. I don't know if it's harsh. I mean that you know. Uh, yeah, it depends on I think among other things how you feel about saltwater taffy. Right, right. Uh, um, let's talk about South Africa real quick. Um, and I, and I want to get to because the last time you were on Market Foolery, we we were talking about your trip, and I I said I want. When you come back, I want a business takeaway. But I know that even though this was a trip you did with your family, mm-hmm. you spent part of the trip uh, visiting hospitals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not in South Africa, but we were in Ethiopia, and okay. so I've been involved with uh, with a group called the Fistula Foundation. I'm on the board uh, here in the U.S. And there's a Fistula Hospital, very, very renowned in Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, and it was the first time I'd had the opportunity to take my family to uh, to one, and it was. It was really, you know, an incredible experience for them. And and my my daughter, who's 17 now, you know, came came out from that. And she said, you know, the thing that I noticed more than anything else was that when they show up at the when the patients show up at this hospital, they're given these beautiful blankets. If you go and just, you know, if you, you know, Google Hamlin 
fistula hospital blankets. They'll show up. You'll see them in a second. And the and the blankets are donated, and the blankets are given to these women when they show up. And these women have, you know, for 20 years, some of them have been treated as worse than nothing. And to be given this blanket, like it's comfort and it's yours. You know, nobody will touch it if you don't want them to. You know, it's, it's yours to take with you afterwards. It's a beautiful thing. And so my daughter immediately said, you know what I want to do? I want to start one, I need to learn how to knit, but I'd like to start knitting, you know, to do these blankets. And so I thought, you know, if there are listeners, listeners out there who know people who like to knit, you know, get in touch with me because we're, we're, you know, she's really, really passionate about doing this. And it's a really neat thing. Send me the link to the hospital. I'll tweet it out on That'd the be great. Mark yeah. and Fuller. Yeah. It, it, so she, it, it's, it's nice when a 17 year old is excited about anything. And, yes. Uh, right. Like, <laughs> so anything think, out in the world, anything out of uh, yeah. their, their yeah. immediate purview. Yeah. So for her to have said, this is something that I really just think is cool. I also think that is cool. That's great. Yeah. So that was a, that was a very special experience for us. Nice. Yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, one of the things we talked about last time you were on South Africa, you had mentioned sort of the, the burgeoning middle class there. Yeah. Yeah. So South Africa, you, you, you think of as being a wealthy country, and it is. It is, it is by far the wealthiest country uh, in Africa. Uh, but it is also perhaps one of the most um, unequal in terms of in terms of wealth. Uh, you have you have a huge underclass there, and you know you can understand why thinking about the history. And a lot of them are tremendously underbanked. And so there are companies. Um, one that one that's actually not in South Africa, which I think is one of the most interesting ones in the world, is, is Safaricom, which is the Kenyan national telecom company. But they have a uh, a product called M-Pesa, and you see it all over the country. You see it in multiple countries in 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 Africa, including in some of the in some of Southern Africa, where it gives people who have no access to bank accounts microcredit, like credit to you know credit to do spending. They don't have to worry about carrying cash with them. And it just speaks to me that in you know in the developing countries, things will not, they won't happen the same way they've happened here in the U.S. What you're not going to have in these countries is these little community banks forming because there's no need. Like you know, technology is getting them to the next step. So we think of technology as being uh, transformational here, and it has been, but but in in areas where there has been so little economic growth, just the tiniest bit of it doesn't even have to be the most uh, sophisticated technology, not you know bleeding edge stuff. It changes people's lives. You know, for them to be able to you know to not have to worry about cash, it's an unbelievable thing. So, uh, you know, it it just every time I go, I I notice things like that. But in Africa. You know, with the, with what Safaricom is doing with M-Pesa, it is really, really, really remarkable. Interesting. Thanks for being here. I'm glad to be here. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.